Well, good morning. It's great to see all of you out Welcome today to and have Westport a chance Road to Baptist worship Church. together. It's great We're to have so, so many join us online us today. The message. chat has some really riveting Westport things. Somebody Baptist just named Church Chip located at the corner in the of chat Lane and, and uh, said that. I love this song. Kentucky. The guy singing it really looks like Bible, Dolly Parton. Have it so and prepare your not for sure who that man named Chip in the chat is, but I'll let you guys take a guess for that. But a beautiful song sang by the Haywoods for that. Thank you. Well, we are this week wrapping up our sermon series titled Undivided. So we, the last several weeks, we've been looking at some tough topics in our community, in our, in our nation, and in our world. And, and isn't it great that at the end of this Undivided series, we can look and say that all the problems in our city are now gone away. All the problems in our nation are gone. Our two parties in politics, we only have one now, and the world is some blessed heaven on earth. Not quite. Not quite. So we come to wrap up our sermon series firmly recognizing that there has been division long before any of us were ever born. And long after we're gone, as the Lord tarries, there will remain division on this earth. So how we want to wrap up this sermon series is asking the question, how then should we live in a divided world? How should we live in a divided world? We're going to be looking at Paul's letter to Timothy, his protege, when he writes to Timothy in a very divided place. It's going to be 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to read a little bit from an NIV commentary to give you a little bit of the background of what's going on. Paul left his co-worker Timothy in the city of Ephesus to deal with some renegade leaders in the church there. When Timothy struggled, however, Paul came back to set things right. But it didn't go as they expected. Paul suffered a great deal of harm from Alexander. He was once again imprisoned. He was taken to Rome, and he was expected to be tried and executed there. Things in Ephesus had not gone as Paul or Timothy expected. Paul had ordered these leaders to stop and to stand down, but they continued to oppose him. Others had joined them, and they were still misdirecting people in a corrupted version of the faith that stressed debate and dissension rather than purity and obedience. Timothy was discouraged and intimidated. Well, that sounds like a divided context, doesn't it? Timothy finds himself in a place he'd rather not be, facing what he'd rather not face with his leader, having come to fix the problem and only been imprisoned and taken away. And so Paul writes these words that ring very true to Timothy as they do to us. We begin in verse number 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Well, Paul's first instruction to Timothy is this. It is a reminder to him that God has given him a gift. But that gift that was been burned bright like a flame is now starting to dwindle into embers. It's the image of a fire that is starting to go out. And it's true in a divided world, many times when the focus becomes on the chaos, when the focus becomes on the division, when the focus becomes on the problems, that we neglect our interior lives. We neglect our relationship with Jesus. We neglect remaining connected to God because we are so consumed by that which is happening around us and the division around us. It's almost like a car wreck that you just can't look away 
our eyes go to that. And we have to be intentional in a time of division, in a divided world with the Spirit's help. We must intentionally cultivate our interior lives. That image of fanning into flame or cultivating the flame to ensure that it continues to be used, that continues to grow. And the truth is that God has given each one of us a gift to be used. But in 2020, that feels difficult, doesn't it? For many of us, it feels like our gifts have just been put onto the shelf and it's no longer even has a way to be used. I've sent this gift to Chip many times when it comes to us making plans here at church, and it's from a, a larger scene from the Big Bang Theory. And so I'm about to show this to you. It's when Sheldon walks out and he's worked all night to prepare a plan, and I want to show you what happens next. Oh, there you are. Just so you know, I was up all night, but I have finally completed the penny-specific section of the new roommate agreement. <laughs> yeah, well, not necessary. We broke up again. And that kind of is what it feels like this year. We make plans, we come up with these great plans, we work all night, we prepare, and then about the time it's to start them, or we can't do it, we throw it in the air, and we start again. And in a season like that, it's easy for us to get discouraged about our gifts. And so what happens is, well, we just get discouraged and we stop using them. But Paul says to Timothy, as God's word speaks to us today, that we are to fan into flame the gift of God. But how do we do that? How do we do that? His next word in the text says this, that it was given to you through the Spirit of God. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And we oftentimes fail to realize that God has given us his power through the Holy Spirit that we can live an overcoming life as Timothy was called to do in a divided context. I discovered this a few years ago about how uh, sometimes God has given us power, or sometimes we have power that we don't even realize. You may not care to know this, but I have sensitive skin, and when I shave outside of the shower, I get bumps all over my face. It's not something I really want to see. It's not something you all really want to see, so I shave in the shower. So I have my razor that I've used a long time in the shower, and I was always, we've got a picture. It's a very big moment for my razor here. It's getting its debut. I um, was always very impressed by the orange thing at the top and would look at that and see that. But one day after I'd used it a long time in the shower, just want you all to know where I've used that, I looked down and I noticed there's a symbol on my razor. And I look and I think, wait a minute, that's not a symbol that should be in the shower. You guys see it there? That's a power symbol. I thought, why is there a power symbol on my razor that I have in the middle of my shower? I walk away from the water and I push the button and my razor turns on. I have a battery-powered razor that I've used for a long time in my shower. Praise the Lord, I did not die or get a more of a close shave than I ever wanted in my life. But here, unbeknownst to me, I've been using something that I didn't realize there was a power source that was attached to it. And friends, in a divided world, if you are living in your own power, you're not going to be able to do it. But God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline 
that he is not wanting you to live in your own power. He is wanting you to live through God's power. And you, uh, through the deposit of God's spirit, have more power in you through, because of him. When I am weak, he is strong, Paul says another place. And if we will realize that God has given us our power, that in a divided world, we can fan into flame and live as overcomers in Christ. And so God, if God has given you the spirit of encouragement today or given you the gift of encouragement, start encouraging people. You may feel more discouraged this year than you ever have felt, but it's time to start using your gift. And if God has given you the ability to lead, perhaps you have fewer followers, the ability to even connect with fewer people than ever, but use that gift to lead. And if God has given you the gift of generosity and you think, well, I have so much less money than I had in 2019, use what you've got, the little bit you've got, and continue to be generous. The gift that God has given you is to be used in the middle of a divided time. Even if you feel you don't have the opportunity, start doing it and keep doing it. Not in your own strength, but in God's strength. And see what God can do. So God encourages us, as he does Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God. We go on in verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul invites Timothy to join him in suffering. You know, Timothy, I think, would rather say, I'd rather be at a different point. I'd rather be in a different context. I wish things really weren't hard. I wish people were really responding. And here we are, there's a whole world that needs to know about Jesus, and we're just fighting amongst the church. And we're just a divided church when we need to be sharing the witness and love of Jesus to the world. But Paul says, join me in suffering. Join me in suffering. And in a divided world with the Spirit's help, we must commit to face the present reality. 2020 is probably not the year that you would have chosen to ever live in. But it's the moment that each one of us has been placed. It's a year that generations to come will talk back about this time of a divided time. But this is the place where God has planted you and has called you and wants through the power of his spirit to equip you to live. But we must commit to face the present reality. Things have changed. They have changed. Things are different. They are different. This country, our community, it's divided. It is, it is divided. But this is the place where we are. And if we will commit to be planted into this place, God can do great things through that. There was a minesweeper ship, the Royal Netherlands Navy, and it was in um, the East, uh, Netherlands East Indies in 1941 during World War II. So this was a sovereign part of the country of Netherlands. They were a ship, a minesweeper in that. But the reality changed pretty quickly when the Japanese Navy invaded them. And they had to accept that things were very different very quickly. And so they came up with a plan for how to survive in the midst of this invasion from Japan. And they turned their ship from just a regular minesweeper into a tropical island. I want to show you a picture. Do you see it there? That minesweeper has been disguised. We've got a little closer picture of it jungle branches, any exposed place they painted to look like rocks. And they completely threw out the handbook of what you do as a ship. They would only travel at night, and they would anchor near a jungle uh, during the day. 
And for eight days they traveled like this until they were able to make it to the coast of Australia. Do you know this was the only ship of its class in the Royal Netherlands Navy that survived? Because they adapted. They realized the present reality has shifted. We have to change and commit to this course of action that we would never have been taught, that we've never prepared for. And yet, when they did, they survived and were able, the only ones that survived out of that class of ship. And in that same way, in this present reality, we need to be adaptable. To not just be in denial, oh, I just wish it, or not just to be angry, oh, I just wish it was different. This is the reality. This is where God has planted you. This is where God wants to empower you and commit to stand even in suffering for that. So on the one hand, we plant in the day when we face a divided context, but that's not either the full picture. Because in a divided world with the Spirit's help, we're to live connected to God's larger story. Read with me the next text, verses 9 through 12. Paul writes to Timothy and says that he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until this day. Paul anchored Timothy in the truth of the gospel, that God is at work, that God has revealed Jesus, the Savior of the world, that he has destroyed death. And there is a brand new reality that's going on here. Our present sufferings and divided world, it's not just this momentary thing, but God's redemptive story is eternal. And while our present moment may be divided, maybe divided more than we've ever seen, do you guys know eternity is not divided? God reigns supreme over all of eternity. And when we get our eyes focused and when we get ourselves grounded on the bedrock of the gospel, we can endure what we must in the present moment because we know this is not just the full picture. Yes, we work in the present moment to see God's kingdom come to this earth. But God's redemption story is eternal and will continue on because Jesus has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is the hope that we have. And Paul reminds Timothy of that hope and reminds him to connect to God's larger story. And when we feel ourselves getting overwhelmed by the chaos and division around us, it's a good reminder for us to re-anchor ourselves on the hope that is secure and is true no matter what comes our way. The Ten Boon family was also from the Netherlands. I guess it's the Netherlands day here at Westport Road Baptist Church. Do we have anybody of Netherlands descent? Um, we had one in first service. Nobody here. My dog's name's Dutch. We don't know how it got its name. We adopted it. It's a Great Dane. It's not even of uh, Netherlands descent, but apparently it's Dutch day here because both our stories are, deal with the Dutch. But um, the Ten Boon family was a family of watchmakers. They started in the 1800s. 
Actually, in the 1840s, the, the father of the man with the awesome beard in the middle, he, um, he started a prayer meeting for Jews in the 1840s as Jews were discriminated against in that society and pushed, to, pushed aside. And so over 100 years, his family sought to see God's kingdom come there in the Netherlands. They welcomed orphans. They welcomed kids into uh, their watchmaker shop and took care of them. Well, when the Blitzkrieg happened in 1939 and Germany uh, occupied the Netherlands, they became a part of the Dutch resistance. In fact, they welcomed Jews into their midst and, and uh, members of the Dutch opposition would bring in the boxes that looked like grandfather clocks, but they would put brick and mortar in those and they would bring them in. And so they built a secret hiding place where they could store up to seven or eight Jews in this really hiding place, but they even had more of the Dutch opposition and Jews around. And for five years, Jews were, were brought in and out and kept in safety. Well, Early in 1944, uh, they were betrayed by a, a Dutch citizen who told the Gestapo about them. They came in and took over 30 of them prisoner. The man there with the beard at the time was 84. Casper was his name, and he died within 10 days. Two of the sisters were taken together, and one of them, before her death in a concentration camp, told Corey these famous words. She says, we must tell what we've learned here. We must tell them that there is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. They will listen to us, Corey, because we have been here. Two weeks later, Corey, due to a clerical error that Corey always attributed to be a miracle, was let go. She traveled over 60-plus countries sharing the gospel, sharing a message of forgiveness. And how was Corey able to do that? Because her faith was, was rooted in this. They, we live in a divided world and we're going to do all we can to see God's kingdom come. But we are grounded in an eternal hope that Jesus reigns supreme. They committed to the present suffering, but they didn't lose sight of the eternal hope of the gospel. Friends, eternity is not divided. Jesus will reign over all. But until then, we do live and will live in a divided context. Paul goes on in verse 13 and 14, what you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So friends, in a divided world with the Spirit's help, guard what God has given you. What God has given you in the good news of the gospel, what God has given you as a gift and as a hope, it's so easy to almost like a, to leak. If you think of a, of, a, of a cup of water that has a hole in it that leaks out in a divided world, it's easy to leak out our faith, to leak out our hope, to leak out our sense of peace and joy. But it's important here that we guard what God has given us because it is precious. And those things in your life that are causing you to leak faith and hope and peace are not worth it. It would be better to live a life of peace and hope and not be on social media than try to have peace and hope when you can't do it on social media. We must guard what God has given us. We have an image of that right in our own backyard. Fort Knox guards the United States Gold Reserve there. It was built in 1937 at a cost of $560,000. That'd be around $10 million in today's term money. 
It was built with 4,200 cubic yards of concrete, 16,000 cubic feet of granite, 750 tons of reinforced steel, 670 tons of structural steel. I think it's safe to say they were trying to guard what was inside. They say the door cannot be uh, opened even with a blowtorch or explosive. It's 21 inches thick, and the door weighs more than 20 tons. They even say the roof is so strongly built that it is bomb-proof, and it's called the most guarded place in the world. If our government is willing to guard gold and put all of that in to guard gold, which is temporary, comes out of the earth, How much more should we be vigilant to guard the good eternal deposit that God has given to us? But it's just not all on us, is it? Paul again echoes the same word, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Holy Spirit is able to hold and to keep Eternity, Even death could not defeat Jesus. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, conquered death, and he can protect us and help us guard that which God has given to us. So in this divided world, we are called to cultivate our interior lives. We are called to commit to this present suffering. We are called uh, to live with hope of the gospel that is eternal, and we are called to guard what God has given us. I heard a story in our midst that I think of somebody who's doing exactly that. Aaron Feltz is an 11th grader at North Oldham. He was here at our first service. Uh, Aaron, uh, it would be easy for him to feel discouraged about his life, his high school experience. Last year was marked by teacher strikes. This year is marked uh, by pandemics. He's not had the normal high school experience that many like you and me experienced. But Aaron, a couple weeks ago, uh, had a memory of his sixth grade fall retreat in which one night we listened to a message about the awesomeness of creation. And we went into the field and we looked at the stars and he felt like God was moving him to share about this on the social media platform TikTok. Now TikTok's not known to be the most deep place for social uh, interaction and and intellectual thought in the world, but uh, Aaron felt called to post this on TikTok and he posted a picture of a star That's 22 million light years away. That looks like the cross. And he shared how he felt that even in creation, God is revealed. His goal and hope, he said, was to reach one person. Well, he posted that and it immediately, it blew up. He said some of it, the people who responded were positive, but others uh, were not. There was a lot of hate, a lot of questioning about it. But Aaron got the chance to interact with people who didn't know Jesus And despite the vitriol, Aaron stood in that place. He said he remembered the words of John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. Do you know that one video Aaron posted has been seen over 70,000 times? Put that in perspective. That's more than all the videos we've produced during this pandemic has been seen and viewed. Eric, an 11th grader whose experience doesn't look anything, it'd be easy just to put his gift on the shelf. But he listened to the Lord and he responded and God just blew that up to share a message about God at work in creation. 
And friends, I think Aaron's testimony speaks to us as well. That if we will be empowered by the Spirit of God, God can use us for amazing, powerful ways. Don't give up today. Don't neglect the gift of God today. Don't give up and try to escape where you're at. Let God, through His Spirit, empower us to live overcoming lives. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for Aaron's ability to listen to you. I thank you that you spoke to him and he responded. And I thank you that you have moved and you're doing a great work in and through him. And may that only continue. Lord, I pray for everyone who is listening today. I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would fill us up today so that we may be empowered to proclaim and use the gifts you've given us for your glory, no matter how hard it is today. We thank you that your mercies are more than enough today. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, during this song of response, right where you are, I think it'd just be a good place to maybe stay seated, stand, do what you like, to simply breathe in and realize God's Spirit's already inside of you. That God wants to love through you. God wants to give you peace. God wants to give you hope. Let God fill you full of his spirit as we sing. For those that are home and would like to speak with someone about receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, hit that prayer tab now. And for those that are here that feed like prayer today, as you walk out, Chip and myself will be out there. We'd love the chance to pray with you as we stand together and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.